Are you looking for ways to develop and grow your fitness brand? Do you want to learn from the top fitness professionals in the industry? Ready to build a business without limits? Then Then you're you're in the the right right place. place. Welcome to the EntreFit Podcast. And here's your host, Sean Garner. What's up, guys? Sean Garner here, and welcome to episode number three of the EntreFit Podcast. Now, today I am very excited to have Mr. Frank Nash on the show. Frank Nash, if you don't know who he is, he is the owner of Stronger Personal Training. He also is part of the Secret Trainer Society, and he's going to come on the show today and share with us three things that fitness professionals can use right now in order to grow their fitness brand. I'm really excited about having him on, so let's get right to the show. Frank Nash, thank you so much for being a guest on the EntreFit Podcast today. Yeah, my pleasure, Sean. Thanks for having me, dude. So tell 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 the lovely listeners this for for those who may not know who you are. Give us your journey into fitness because I know that I've been following you for a long time. Whenever I first started opening up my gyms, and I've always one of the things that as soon as I think of you, like that, I always remember is you guys had this killer video that you did one day for one of your gyms where you had I think it was like "Wake Me Up Buttercup" or something like that. And you yeah, guys yeah, did, yeah. That, I remember that. That's one of my favorite things I ever saw you guys do. But tell tell us a little bit about you, your journey. How'd you get into fitness? Yeah, man, I'm gonna give you the uh, the short version. I know this is only gonna be about thirty minutes, but uh, but here it is. Honestly, I was uh, I was a high school kid terrible academically i love sports i love art i love drawing i love comic books so i really wasn't into school i was into all that other stuff um so because i was such a a terrible student i probably wasn't gonna gonna get get into a school anywhere because my grades are so terrible i mean i was barely gonna get my my broke ass out of high school and um i decided you know with the help of a guidance counselor go uh go play division three football down the street and hey if, if you if you're a decent ball player. They'll get you in on an academic waiver. And if you like college, keep going. If you don't do whatever you want, man, but uh, just, you know, keep, keep uh, playing sports. So I did that. Um, I, I realized right away being five, seven, a hundred, nothing. I probably should, uh, probably should work out a little more, maybe do some speed strength training. And uh, I started getting into working out. Um, you know, I worked out in high school, but I like bodybuilding stuff. I never really trained for athletics, sports specific, Right then, I realized the, the carryover between training for performance and, and how it could just help my, my performance on the field. And, you know, by, my, uh, by my, my senior year, I was doing pretty damn good. I was, you know, all conference, um, you know, all New England. And I attribute that, honestly, not to my talent because I'm, I wasn't that good. I just, you know, I, was, I trained harder than everybody else. So I, I wanted to be a strength coach. You know, I, I mean, I, I love strength and conditioning. I love improving athletes. So my dream, Sean, was to be this uh, this high-end strength coach. So I uh, became a trainer, opened up my own studio, and I realized that I don't train any athletes. Yeah, I train all mom, pops, you know, Joe Schmoes, just like me. And uh, very quickly, I learned that that was a hell of a lot more rewarding than training any athlete. I mean, and I could, I know I'm preaching to the choir, anyone out there who's listening, for the most part, athletes don't want to pay. And, and, and if they're collegiate, they ain't got any money. Um, you know, I want, and it, it, I found out very quickly that the type of clientele I was attracting, not only do they pay, they stay, and they bring their friends, family, and they're with you forever. They almost become your family 
And I started to get some really crazy uh, like testimonials and things I never thought of. Like, hey, just so you know, Frank, I haven't been upstairs in my house in three years because I was so out of shape and so embarrassed. I slept on the couch. I couldn't even climb the stairs. And I, I never even fathomed what that felt like. So specializing training, general pop. Um, my specialty became fat loss and, uh, and a mega high five giver. That was my role. So I started, you know, Sean, uh, at a Gold's Gym where we had about 5,000 members. I happened to be the only trainer, so I could have been blind and, uh, and, and couldn't speak and I'd still be a great trainer. Set, you know, up, no set up to be pretty successful then. Pretty successful. <laughs> just, you know, I was, you know, timing was everything. I was in the right situation. Needless to say, literally within six months, I had 150 clients, um, like shooting fish in a barrel. Wow. I, you know, there was some turmoil between me and the club at the time because they didn't know what the hell was happening. This monster they created, you know, what is this? Like he's training multiple people at once, you know, back in the early 2000s, they didn't even know what small group training was. I think like me and Cosgrove were the only people doing it at the time. So I said, hell, I'm going to go open up my own gym. I'm going to rent literally across the street, uh, 600 square feet. And I'm going to train my clients there. It was kind of funny because so I worked at a gold gym, Sean, and my, my first club was called Platinum Performance. <laughs> so, you just honestly, just out of spite. I'm like, oh, you're gold. I'm going platinum. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, and here we are, 600 square feet, and I got a couple of stability balls, a couple of dumbbells, and man, we were rocking. And within a couple of years, you know, I brought a buddy on. We had about 250 clients. And I just did what, you know, mostly what you're supposed to do, right? Expand. So we expanded to about 2,500 square feet. And, you know, we increased membership another 50. Now, when we did that, it wasn't a good move, man. Um, I brought on more trainers. You know, we had more clients, but I was working just the same. Now I'm, I'm paying people even more. So we were kind of like running in place. I was, you know, it was a you from the outside looking in it looked like a better operation because we were bigger we had more employees there was a, there was a front desk staff but i wasn't making a dollar more man and i was still working 80 hours a week um i did that for about three or four years until i opened up my most recent spot the one that was was in that video you saw you mentioned sean where we're at five thousand square feet where man we're we're close to you know 350 375 members now and you know, it's just a really good, well-oiled machine. And you know what, man, what I attribute it to? I'm just an old dog now, man. I'm not a young buck anymore. And and since, you know, 2001, when I first started training, I just been doing it for so long and I made so many mistakes and I'm, I'm really good at making mistakes, but I'm really good learning too. So, I mean, we got our ass kicked for a long time. You know, we weren't really doing anything until like 2010. So when people, you know, they're like, oh, you know, tell me, tell me what, uh, tell me what your secret is, man. My secret is get your ass kicked for a little bit. You'll learn real quick. <laughs> you know, you, you, if, if you, if you don't feel the pain, if you don't feel that, I don't see how you're going to make it. You've got to feel, you got to wake up and get your ass kicked a bunch of times to, to, to learn, man. Yeah, absolutely. I had a mentor tell me one time that education is expensive and it's either traditional or non-traditional. And so unfortunately, a lot of gym owners and myself included have made the mistake of having to go down that non-traditional route and take some. Yeah, huge you know, Sean, I'm, I'm really I'm at the heart and soul of it. I'm a trainer, dude. I love training. I love being that trainer that gives the high five, motivates the client. I like getting presents from my clients on Christmas time. 
I'm not a business person. You know, this business made me into a, a business owner, a gym owner, which I never set out to be. I, because of that, I don't get to do what I really love to do, which is train. Um, so I'll just say this out there. If you're a trainer and you love training, don't open a gym. Go work for somebody, make a lot of money being a trainer and live your life, dude, because <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually one of the big things that I would love for you to kind of speak into because what so often happens in the fitness industry is there's somebody that has a passion for fitness. They, they typically start out there. They are a personal trainer or, or group fitness instructor, and then they get a, a good client base and they think, Hey, I, I could probably make this on my own because they don't know the business and the behind the scenes of what it really takes to make it happen. They go do out, go out and do it on their own only to find out that, like you said, now you're not going to be really training people at all because you're going to be spending time, you know, managing staff, you know, paying your taxes every month, doing the marketing yeah. campaigns, like you're doing everything you didn't want to do. I, I explain it like this, Sean, I love pizza. The last thing I should do is open up a pizza shop. <laughs> I mean, like really, um, and if you like exercise, you like working out, just keep working out, train your clients. Uh, if you love the business aspect of it, hell, that's a whole different story. But it really wasn't what I got myself. It wasn't what I got into. I didn't want to get into this for that reason. I, you know, I, I thought it was going to be different. But um, if you're in your business training all the time, you're only going to grow so much, and uh, you're going to hurt your business your business more than than helping. I don't care. You know, I hear it all the time. Well, you you can train all the time and still run a successful business, I guess. But it won't be as successful. It won't thrive like you want it to thrive. And no one's ever, Sean, going to do it like you. No one's ever going to be that rock star coach and train like you train with your culture and your club. You have to be okay with letting go. I mean, you have to be okay with the next guy coming in and training at 80%, 85% of your capacity. And once you can wrap your head around that, you are gold, brother. So, so talk to me about that because that's honestly something that on my very first facility that I owned, I struggled with that because like you said, I knew that nobody would do it like me. I, I felt that everybody was there because they, they probably most likely were there because of you or because of that, that 100%. Head person. and then, so you kind of have that fear because this is your baby, right? Like you've put all your money and your, your life into this thing. So to start transitioning and handing things over, that's something that I know I personally struggle with and I see a lot of other gym owners do it. And then they just end up doing it for so long. And then they do get burned out because they don't have that transitional period or some kind of plan in place. So, Talk to me a little bit about that as far as what did that process look like for you? And when did you kind of realize oh, this isn't working? I, out? I was told by a mentor, Sean, I was told, you know, listen, that the single, uh, the single greatest thing that you're, that's hurting your business right now is you. You're in the business too much and you need to, you need to focus on getting butts in the door. Now from, from the listeners out there, training since 2001, having a club since 2001, the single most important thing to your business is going to be butts in the door. Get butts in the door. When you wake your ass up every single morning, you better get butts in the door. Non-stop butts in the door. I don't care how good of a trainer you are. It's all about butts in the door. And, and I'm going to touch on that in a second. So I had a mentor tell me that you need to you know, focus on getting butts in the door. So, you know, here I am training 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday because my clients love me and I, I can only do it. And I wasn't spending the time I needed to get butts in the door. At the same time, I'm hurting my business because the business was so reliant on me being there and nurturing it and working for the business. 
not only that, but the guys and girls who are great working with me and for me, you know, it, it's, it's taking the shine off them. I'm not letting them flourish. If something ever happened to me in those times, my business would die. And it's unfair to my employees and my members to put the business in that position for that to happen. So Sean, I went three years after knowing what I needed to do and did nothing. I was frozen because honestly, I was selfish. I love trading. I wasn't doing it for my business. I really wasn't doing it for my clients. I was doing it for me. Now we'll, we'll talk ourselves into that, Sean. We'll say, yeah, but I'm really doing it because my clients really like me trading them. No, no, your clients want, they want stability. They want to know that if something ever happens to you, this gym will still thrive and you'll be okay. And when you go on vacation, they don't have to take a vacation too. When you're sick, they don't have to not come to the gym and still have their workouts planned for them. All of these, 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 these things, Sean, uh, were, are in my control. And I just didn't do it for three years. I was completely frozen. So one day, one day I went to my gym and it was like 5 a.m. I turned the radio on and I had a member say, again, nice guy, Charlie. He goes, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you change this song? It sucks. And I go, you know what, dude, you suck. And why don't you bring your own fucking iPod? And it was like dead silence. Everyone's like dead quiet. And my, uh, my manager at the time, she comes over. She goes, hey, listen, you need to go home. Like right now, you need to go. And I, I, I was on the verge of having a nervous breakdown. I mean, I was working 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. and trying to make this business grow. And I was literally running in place. Um, and my clients, you know, as much as I say I was doing it for them, do they need their main guy having a nervous breakdown or, um, you know, having health problems because, you know, he's not following directions like he's supposed to. So that, that's my story, man. Is, is it, I was frozen for three years, Sean. Wow. So, so two things on that, on that, that I'd like to go into is for one, you touched on it there a little bit at the end is I see a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, gym owners, and everything go through kind of like that dark mindset place to where it kind of gets lonely out there sometimes to where unfortunately sometimes people do have those nervous breakdowns where they where they do just snap because they I, I think since being in this fitness industry we like to think that we you know we're, we're these tough people and we can handle any challenge but we don't realize the cumulative effects of those crazy long hours those seven day work weeks the constant day in and day grind to where you know, eventually, like you just said with that story right there, you did have that breaking moment. Did you have, obviously, you had that manager speaking to you right there. Did you have some other mentors around you at the time that kind of like shook you up and kind of helped you pull some out of, out of some of those dark mindset places? Yeah, you know, we, to tell you the truth, I, I had like three or four mentors around me who, who were very instrumental in helping me. But at the end of the day, I just need to follow directions. And, um, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where you know what to do. I think you almost need to hit that breaking point where you sink or swim. I mean, I, I love fitness. I love this industry. I was getting to the point where I hated it. I hated everything about it. Now, what, what your listeners totally get and understand is that when you're in the club on a daily basis, there's a lot of people. I mean, a guy like you, Sean, you could train 20 people at once on the hour, every hour, 12 to 15 hours a day. Every single client you make feel special. And deep down, they're like these weird energy succubuses, these vampires. <laughs> and every single one of them is leeching off you every single day. 
and that has a cumulative effect, like you said. And over time, you only get so much juice. Now, you're a superhero. You're next level, but you still only got so much juice in you. And when you're spent, you're spent, man. And I was at that point where I, I, I hated the industry. And it was either I cut my hours back, I start focusing on ways to make my business thrive so I can not have a nervous breakdown and not have to be in the club having those vampires drain me. Um, yeah, man, I had a lot of mentors and I just I didn't fall directions, man. I'm kind of like our clients. They say that coaches like their clients. You know, we tell people, you know, you know vlog your food, work out more. They know what they're doing. They're just not going to listen. <laughs> so they're ready. <laughs> yeah. So, so I know, <clears throat> excuse me. I know just from that, that aspect there, like on the, the energy vampires, the people sucking out what's unfortunate. And I've seen this as well too, just personally is we are, whenever we're out there on stage, whether that's the one-on-one situation, the group fitness classes, um, we're, we're on stage and everybody's expecting us to have high energy because they're not expect the 5am client is uh, not expecting to get any different service than you know the 5 p.m. client, vice versa. And so they're wanting the same experience and that's why they're there and that's why they're training with you. But what happens is I see people all the time just give and give and give to the people that are in the club in front of them and then by the time they get home to the people they love most dearly, they have nothing left to give. Like you've nothing. been sucked You're, out. Dude, I, in my early, in my, through the, through the early 2000s, I squandered so many relationships in my life, whether it be girlfriends, whether it be family members. I was just terrible, man. I gave nothing. I, I, I can go back and tell you, I had, I had girlfriends that I wouldn't even hang out with them on Thanksgiving because I was training. And think about, I mean, that crazy mindset. Some of you listeners are probably going through the same thing right now. Dude, it ain't worth it. I mean, your clients will get it if you don't work on Thanksgiving. If you don't work Sundays, they get it. You'll get the one or two to bitch and complain, but man, um, don't be me. <laughs> Yeah, I think that like there's so many, you know, quote unquote, tough personalities in the industry where they almost have to prove it to themselves and to the other peers in the industry that like, oh, you, you didn't work on Thanksgiving. I did. And Sean, it's so funny. So like, I mean, I was that dude. And when I hear someone brag to me about, dude, if you don't work 18 hours as a trainer, you know, you're not a master trainer. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're stupid. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes i was that guy exactly like, i wish i could take it back and have a, a better head of hair right now <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> dude sean by the way if i had your hair i would take over the world <laughs> you'd be unstoppable right oh, Jesus. <laughs> so 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 you had this uh thought in your mind for three years that you needed to do and make this transition talk about this is that whenever you guys went from the frank nash training systems to the stronger personal training is that when that shift happened or no actually not at all man i wasn't even there mentally yet um it stayed frank nash training systems for a good uh a good four years after that and really what happened with the whole uh you know frank nash training systems to stronger personal training was really it was actually the shift when i'm my club runs very well without me there um so it I always felt kind of weird and bad about like half my members. I don't, I haven't even met. I don't even know. And they're writing checks to a Frank Nash training systems. Like I, it hit me one time, Sean, I walked in my club and you know, I kind of grabbed one of my employees. You know, Hey, who's that? Who's that lady over there? Oh, that's Denise. So I went over to him like, Hey Denise, what's up? How's it going? And she's like, Oh, you're Frank. I didn't even know there was a Frank. I thought it was like a McDonald's. Like, I'm a, like, <laughs> like a, I, know, I know it's like a real person. So 
Yeah, man. I just felt kind of weird about like, it's, it, it is, it's really not about me anymore. When I was working 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. doing all the programming, and I was that, that light bulb that all the moths were attracted to, it was Frank Nash Writing Systems. But it's really about us now. It's about myself, my staff, my, my members. It's about a stronger community. And, um, and I think going forward, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I mean, I would tell you right now, I'm never going to sell my club, but opportunities happen. Shit happens. Hey, you might say, Sean, you might say, Frank, let's you and I go on the road and have this crazy like dual podcast and you'll juggle flames and I'm doing it, dude. It comes <laughs> to being told, you and I are going to make a zillion dollars. <laughs> That's awesome. But you know, you know, there's so many opportunities out there in the industry that I don't know what's going to happen. And just from a business standpoint, it would make a lot more sense. And it's much more advantageous for someone to buy a, stronger personal training or want to buy a stronger than a Frank Nash. Cause if they, you know, either way I'd have to stay on for a couple of years anyway, but uh, it would be a lot more difficult to, uh, you know, to sell a Frank Nash training systems. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that whenever I'm speaking with, with trainers that are wanting to go out on their own and start their own thing, I always try and encourage them to almost not do that because there's kind of like for one long term how you've got everything set up now, obviously, it's going to be a lot easier, like you said, to sell stronger than Frank Nash, because then you never want to obviously sell off your, your name, your brand and identity. Yeah. But I think there's kind of, like I said, there's this arrogance where people think that they're there because of them and they don't look at it into the future of creating something bigger than themselves. Sean, if you were to ask me why I called it Frank Nash training systems, it was all about my ego. Wow. 100%. It was all ego. So I, I would just ask, tell anyone, any, anyone up there for a little advice is, you know, you got to think long-term and it's hard when you're just starting to think of an exit strategy, but you know, at what point are you not going to want to do this anymore? There will be a point where either you're not going to want to train or you're not going to want to be in the club or someone's going to give you an offer. You can't refuse in the offer is going to be a hell of a lot more sweet. If it's, if your name's not attached to it. Now you can always switch it. Like I did. It's just going to, you're just going to be in it for, for a little while. You can't do it last second. If someone gives you an offer, you can't say, oh, well, I guess I'll change your name and maybe he'll buy it. It doesn't work that way. You got to establish it. Like even me, it hasn't even been long enough. I got to wait a couple more years for it to, to really sink in and solidify. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I, I love that. And I love that whole process of thinking and how definitely how you're encouraging others to do that. So on that of encouraging others, Talk to me a little bit about the secret, if you can, the secret trainer society and what you're doing with that. Yeah, man. Well, I guess the cat's out of the bag. You know, it's not a secret anymore. But, uh, you know, about four years ago, uh, Rick Mayo, who's my partner in the secret trainer society, we, uh, you know, we got together and we were, we were just talking because we'd, we'd go to all these conferences, these, these continuing ed, whether to perform better summit, NSCA, and as much as we would learn there, it's, and you know this, Sean, it's all about the networking. And we found that we would just gravitate towards others on our level and talk best practices. And I would even skip some of my favorite speakers to go have coffee with a guy like you and just talk best practices. And I would learn more just talking to you than I would, you know, listen to Stuart McGill talk about, you know, spinal flexion. So, um, Really, what we what we what we found is that usually that's what was happening at these summits. It was all about guys like you and I getting together, talking best practices. So we figured, let's just get uh, small club owners like Rick and I, who are are 
primary concern, of course, is to make a lot of money and, of course, change the world while we're at it. And let's just get together a few times a year and let's just talk this best business practices. And our, our philosophy is, as the water rises, so do all the ships. So um, it, we've, been, we've been together about four years now. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a club where it's, uh, it's invite only. Um, you can invite someone, you know, a fellow uh, colleague, someone you know who owns a club. You have to own a brick and mortar club. Um, and, and you have to be pretty serious. I mean, it's not, we're not looking for people to, uh, to join who are just looking to learn. We want active contributors too. We want people who can, uh, who can bring something to the table. What, uh, what this isn't, Sean, it's really not a Frank Nash, Rick Mayo mastermind. You know, I, I'll tell you my best practices, but it's not like, Sean, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about what I'm doing in my little corner of the world in Massachusetts and here's how it should be done. No, it's a, bu a bunch of grown-ass men and women who are strong enough to have their systems in place that can share what they're doing that's successful. So it's it's a collective uh, 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 knowledge base of, I'd say, almost 53 clubs right now that are constantly sharing best practices on a constant basis, not just the, the few times a year we get together, but uh, we're, we're always in communication. And uh, yeah, we're, we're growing and growing. And uh, I, I would say the, the average club that joins the Secret Trade Society, they, they increase revenue at least 15% annually. Wow, that's awesome. Because I, so I love this and because for my journey to fitness, it was a little bit differently. I was the opposite to where I loved fitness and everything, but I got into owning gyms because I wanted a business opportunity and it was a, is an easy business opportunity for me because it was a lower barrier to entry and I was a trainer and said, Hey, this is going to work out. So I love seeing people do this because in the grand scheme of things, especially whenever you're a gym owner, there's only so many, I'm all about continuing education and expanding your knowledge and that, but you can only hear somebody teach their version of how to teach a squat so many times and how to different, how to do different programming and stuff. If people don't have this stuff down, they're not going to be able to scale their business and have any kind of longevity with their facilities or the career Bingo. industry at all. Um, well, what most, most, most guys and girls who, like we mentioned earlier, who don't, who do own training clubs, they're the opposite of you, Sean. They don't come from that entrepreneurial background where they want to own clubs. They kind of went throughout my journey and now they're learning the business aspect and what they do, what they need is someone to hold them accountable. Yes, absolutely. So talk to me about that. So let's say I'm a brand new trainer or not a brand new trainer, but I've uh, been in the industry several years. I've got myself a, a pretty good client roster. I'm feeling pretty good that I could go out and do this on my own. What would be just some, you know, maybe three to five tips that you would give a trainer looking to go start their facility, some things that you've learned from your experience, mistakes that you've made to, hey, make sure if you're setting up your business, you have these things in place whenever you go to open it up. All right, single most important thing is get a coach. Get a coach and listen to that coach. Uh, especially being a trainer, no one knows better than us. We're coaches, and what do we do? We hold people accountable. So have a coach and make sure they hold you accountable, whether you speak once a month, whatever. Um, and I said this earlier, Sean, in this business, it's a, it, it, as much as it's about retention, it is, but it is a numbers game. You got to spend some money on marketing. I don't care if it's five bucks. I don't care if you're wearing a gorilla suit that you borrowed from your sister and you're spinning a sign out front. You got to get butts in the door always. Um, if people aren't in the door, you aren't helping them. I don't want to hear about, oh, retention's so great. Yeah, well, people quit. People get divorced. People die. 
That's got to happen. Get butts in the door. And um, so you, you got to spend money on marketing. You got to do that on some level. And um, I would say spend a hell of a lot more time on your business, not in your business. I mean, your, your clients don't need you coaching 50, 60, 70 hours a week. What they do is they need a well-balanced trainer who isn't going to have a nervous breakdown, who is thinking about the future of their club. If I join your club, I want to know that during my tenure with you, this place isn't going to close. And if something happens to you, my fitness can still get its roll on and not halt because you were too selfish to take the steps to take care of your community. Those are my top three, man. I'm sticking with them. <laughs> well, I love it. I love this. So number one, you would say get a coach because you're going to need some. We're, we're coaches, but we all, all coaches need coaches and we need someone to hold us accountability to is marketing because like you said, it is about getting the butts in the door. And the number three, I love that. Spend more time on your business than in it. Well, those are awesome for all the uh, people out there in the EntreFit world. If they wanted to follow Mr. Frank Nash and find out a little bit more about him, where are all the different places they can do that? Uh, uh, buyfranknash.com. That's B-Y-F-R-A-N-K-N-A-S-H.com. You can uh, find me anywhere on social media. I'm all over the place. You can send me a damn sm smoke signal, a, a messenger pigeon. I'm going to be at the Perform Better Summit in Providence, Rhode Island. The, the end of June, come check me out. I'm speaking on Saturday. I will melt your face and push your wig back. I promise you, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing two sessions back to back. So if you see me, give me a high five hug and an ass slap. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm out everywhere. And, uh, and anyone knows, if you know me, if you reach out to me, I always get back. If you have any questions, um, I'll, I'll spread the love like mustard. <laughs> well, I love it. Well, Frank, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, share with us and the audience here some things that you've learned along the way and some best practices they can use to take their business and brand to the next level. So thank you so much. My, it was my pleasure. So thank you again so much, Mr. Frank Nash, for taking time out of your day to share those tips with us so we can take our business and brand to the next level. Now, if you guys are looking for ways to grow and develop your fitness brand, the EntreFit Mastermind may be for you. For more information on that, visit us on our website, EntreFit.co. It's EntreFit.co. If this added value to you in any way, please be sure to subscribe, share this with a friend, so hopefully we can change more lives and we can fix the fitness industry. Thank you guys so much for listening and have an awesome day.